Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, my guest is Ed Tillett, who is the editor-in-chief and managing director of Waterway Guide Media. And these are obviously unprecedented times. Ed and I will be talking about how Corona virus and COVID-19 is affecting the boating community, and uh, the impacts are great so far. So that is our topic for today. Before we start that discussion, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes & Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trollop Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And I do want to note we are recording this um, about 8.45 a.m. on Friday, March 20th. Uh, That is important because this information is changing so quickly. So I want to set a baseline, so to speak. Um, Ed Tillett, thank you for joining me. And we decided to record this this morning. Sometimes we do it a little bit earlier in the week, but this is such a fluid situation that we wanted to be bringing you as up-to-date information as we can. So we're recording now. This will go live in a little over an hour. And by the time it does go live, things will probably have changed. Um, Ed, as I said, unprecedented times we're looking at right now. Indeed they are, Kim. Thanks for having me me on and for allowing Waterway Guide to step up and spend some time with you this morning and and your listeners. Um, We're all in this together. Um, you had sent some questions over. Of course, you and I talk on a lot of topics on a regular basis because our interests are so much aligned. But uh, you ask about our initial thoughts on the crisis the boating community is experiencing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it is a crisis to the extent that boaters, for the first time in many, many years, if not, as you said, unprecedented, if ever, are now having to make decisions about perhaps where they go and where they are welcome and what facilities and services they will find while underway. Um, your trailerable center console, dry stack storage um, cruisers and boaters and folks who enjoy the waterways uh, are in a different, uh, dare I say it, they're in a different boat uh, than the folks who are uh, probably listening to this podcast. So it is a difficult time. And the crisis right now is uh, finding uh, facilities, if they're available, um, Plenty are still open. You and I know that. We've right. been looking at the at the lists, uh, but at the same time, it's it's the future. It's uh, how do I plan? Uh, what what do I need to do in the future? So that's the crisis right now. Is the uncertainty, in my opinion, uh, in addition to potentially you know being um, you know exposed if in fact uh, that is a concern of yours. But that is that's the crisis. It's the uncertainty. Quite frankly, it's very disrupting. It is very disrupting, and you know even going back just two weeks ago. Most of us would not have imagined that there'd be a bigger challenge for loopers this year than the Illinois waterway closure. This is the first thing that's put the Illinois waterway closure into the background um, because this is just a day-to-day, minute-by-minute decision that those who are out there cruising are having to make about where to go next or whether to move the boat at this particular point. So, um, 
Waterway Guide has really stepped up and been a clearinghouse for current information. We appreciate that. We are seeing some marinas that are closed, and by closed, typically that is meaning they're not accepting incoming boats or transients um, and perhaps maybe don't have services. Are there any trends that you've identified around this in terms of you know what marinas tend to be closing? Is it geographic? Is it based on something else? What are you finding out there? Yeah, at first blush, it looks like that the city, municipal, um, city and or municipal facilities are uh, more apt to close down, um, more apt to shutter their doors, uh, send either their personnel home or not accept uh, incoming vessels. Um, and looking at the list this morning, we're going to talk about that in a moment. You know, we have that COVID-19 status report list that AGLCA is working with, DACWA, uh, one of the other uh, marinas.com folks. Uh, we're all working together to um, get reports and, and have a central clearinghouse. And have, when I scan through that, there are a lot of greens. We use a green, yellow, and red uh, color designation for whether you're open, whether there's an alert, or whether it's closed. So a lot more greens than anyone else. So most, most folks are open with some conditions. But the trend seems to be municipal marinas are closing. Um, there are some private facilities that are. Uh, and then don't forget, way up north, some uh, facilities haven't even opened because of the season yet, so they're showing up as closed. Uh, but the other trend is is that private, privately owned facilities and even many of the corporate owned, like Safe Harbor, are, are open for business. And they're saying, let's practice safety when you come in. Uh, you may not have as much access to some of our facilities as you normally would. The captain's lounge is closed, but we're open. We're pumping fuel. Everything is good. So the trend seems to be... Private marinas are okay at this point. Um, municipal marinas are struggling with this by virtue of uh, the fact that they're usually associated and tied to a government agency somewhere that's giving dictates to all of their agencies and departments inside the uh, inside the particular town or municipal area. Right. And so, of course, as, as you mentioned, Ed, there are facilities open and plenty of them. Um, Obviously, met, use best practices the same as you would any place else as you're visiting these places. You know, the recommended social distance, distancing, of course, still applies. And on things like pump outs and fuel fill-ups and water tank fill-ups, um, you know, just make sure that you are interfacing with their staff in a respectful way that gives them the space that they need. And also protect yourself with the same kind of hand washing you would do anywhere else. I mean, I think that kind of goes without saying at this point. But Ed, as you mentioned, Waterway Guide has built this resource um, you were essentially able to launch that page to house this critical information within a few hours of the first marina no closure notices that we started getting. How were you able to ramp that up so quickly? Well, we instituted about uh, three years ago a hurricane status update for this same reason. Uh, facilities uh, were closing, were, had limited resources, when we say facilities, marinas, around the world. As you know, Waterway Guide publishes 21 publications, uh, cruising guides for pretty much all of all of the areas, including the Mississippi east of, um, including the Bahamas and, and Cuba. So we have about 8,000 marinas in our database, uh, including those worldwide. We're over in Europe, in uh, New Zealand, Australia, uh, the Mediterranean, South America, the West Coast, et cetera. So all of these marina facilities are already in our database. A couple of years ago, we developed this hurricane status update to answer these same questions for boaters. And when we started seeing uh, marinas closing or changing their operational status as a result of this COVID-19 
uh, outbreak uh, in the U.S. Uh, we put our IT team, team together, um, called you <laughs> and your team, and called uh, uh, the folks at Marina.com and other big influences in the industry and said, we want to be the central clearinghouse. We will uh, adjust our hurricane status reporting um, um, portal to COVID-19. Uh, pretty much all of the same standards are in place there. Um, so we just put our IT team on it, and they whipped it out and turned it around in about three or four hours, adjusted it to this, and then we started sending notices and making calls to facilities and taking input from everyone along the way um, who could give us that, that information. So it was just a, a real quick effort by everybody's part to get the information out. Uh, our objective, as you know, when we spoke was to create a central clearinghouse. We didn't want AGLCA having to deal with those uh, facilities that you know of, and then us, those that we know of, and marinas.com, those. we Let's not bug the marinas. Let's uh, create a, cen- a central uh, reporting agency, and that's what we did. Right, and it's been extremely helpful, um, and it's been great to see different entities, you know, DACWA, AGLCA, Waterway Guide come together and um, populate that database, because this isn't just done on uh, boater reports. We've also, and your staff has extensively been reaching out, and our staff has been doing, uh, reaching out to sponsors um, to actively collect the information, um, which I think makes it a much more useful tool because you're not only seeing what's closed, you're seeing places that have been contacted, and we have verified that they are open for business as usual. Um, so that makes it extra right. helpful because you know that they've been reached out. So tell us specifically what boaters will find when they visit this page. And you can go to waterwayguide.com, and there's a big red button right there on the homepage to get to it. So it's very easy to find. But once boaters land there looking for information, what are they finding there? Well, what, what we did is we simply um, put together a master list um, from left to right of when it was updated what mile marker that particular facility may be uh, located at, the marina's name, the city, the state, the status, and any notes associated with it in each of those columns are filterable. Uh, or, um, uh, yeah, you just touch the button and it will uh, it'll repopulate based on mile marker, up or down, uh, updated, et cetera. So essentially what you find is the name of the facility. You can search for the facility. It's a real simple form. Um, and you can uh, read the notes uh, that have, have come in if that's the question that you're asking. So that's that's what you will find. It's, it's uh, pretty straight ahead. So if you're headed somewhere or if you want to know whether or not even a facility that a friend is staying in or where you're headed uh, or where your boat is located, simply click on it. If it's not reported at that point for some reason and we haven't gotten to it or they haven't responded, uh, there is an email uh, link in there where you you can reach out to us and it will come to a special address um, that we on our staff and across the reporting team that we have in place will be able to read your information and either verify it or post it if, uh, if in fact, it's verifiable. So it's a straight-ahead form, and it's an easy link to get to. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and it's one of the things I like about it, it, the way it's organized, you can filter by state. So if you're sitting in Florida and wanting to move and uh, trying to plan for that, you can filter down just to see what's in Florida. Um, A key piece is when it was last updated, which is right there for you, because as we've said all along in this uh, podcast, it's a very fluid situation. Um, So if you see a marina and that's the one you're planning to go to and the last update was four days 
ago, may be a good idea to reach out for some updated information. Um, and I also just want to tell uh, our listeners, if you're using this, definitely read the notes section because there's really good information in there. Um, you know, some of what I've been seeing on the tool that we're helping to populate too um, you know, there may be differences since so many are, are contributing to populating this. So um, I've noticed a couple where it may say closed, and what that really means is closed to incoming boats, which makes perfect sense that boats there would be able to stay. And others, that's kind of marked as an alert because the marina technically is open, but they're not accepting in, incoming boats. So the fact that the notes are there is hugely helpful. Um, so just kind of read through that and see what you're finding. And um, as Ed said in the beginning, there's much more green, meaning open and, and normal business than any other color on that chart. So that's encouraging for now. Um, Ed, from what space? And one other thing yeah, really please, quickly on absolutely. that form. Sorry, mm -hmm. Kim, on that, on that form. Uh, if you're on it and you've had it open on your computer for more than you know a few minutes, if you're familiar with how to refresh your page, do that because it is a real-time um, living document. And uh, so, for instance, I just hit refresh a moment ago, and you know we started about 8:45 or whatever with this uh, with this recording, and I had opened it at 8:23. I hit the refresh button, and it said it was last updated at 8:42. So 20 minutes elapsed, and new information got put in it. So make sure you refresh your page when you're looking for the latest information. Go ahead, ma'am. Uh, again, this is something that will change, um, but from the data that's yes. been collected so far, are you seeing, you know, a guesstimate as to when the marinas are currently saying they'll be able to reopen to transients? Yeah, it's it's interesting because it is so fluid at this point. Some are saying uh, the ones that are closed or the ones that are on alert are saying we will reevaluate in two weeks or to your point, reading the notes, uh, we will open on, uh, you know, May 1st. Uh, I think they're just putting a date out there to... Uh, give them a target to shoot at, if you will, down the road, but no one really knows when those particular facilities will go back into full operation, uh, just like the rest of the world at this point, which is as this particular malady, I'm calling it the plague, rings itself out and uh, we get back to some sense of normalcy, uh, things will just normally, uh, I think, uh, open and dates will uh, become available to us. Right. Just, the, the, you know, the same uncertainty exists for voters as kind of exists for everyone um, right now yes. as all kinds of things are closing with anticipated uh, open dates that are, are largely just kind of a uh, shot in the dark right now. So let's take a, a break right here and play a message from one of our sponsors. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue this discussion about what boaters might be finding out there on the waterway as they're uh, attempting to move their boats. We'll be back in a moment. Curtis Stokes & Associates is a yacht brokerage company that specializes in great loop capable boats. Curtis Stokes is a supporter of AGLCA at the Admiral level. If you're looking to buy or sell a Great Loop veteran from a trusted and knowledgeable broker, visit the company on the web at curtisstokes.net. Email curtisstokes at curtisstokes.net or call 954-684-0218. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Ed Tillett, who is the Editor-in-Chief and Managing Director of Waterway Guide Media. Um, Ed and I are, of course, discussing the very current events of COVID-19 and how boaters are dealing with the crisis. Uh, Ed, for boaters that may still be trying to move their boat or planning to move their boat, I'm hearing from some that are perfectly happy and comfortable anchoring out, but all of them, if they're going a good distance, will eventually need fuel. 
Are you seeing or hearing any interruptions in fuel supplies, either from the availability of fuel at the marinas or marinas just deciding that they're, they're not going to offer that service right now? Looking at our report, Kim, I don't see any uh, issues at this point with fuel availability globally. Um, and even in the news or anywhere else, have we seen any fuel shortages? Now, uh, specific to marinas, if the marina is open um, and they have fuel offered, uh, they seem to be offering it. Uh, some of them are saying uh, in, the, in the notes that uh, when you pull up for fuel, to your point a moment ago, please respect our fuel uh, dock personnel in terms of distance. Uh, they will assist you, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But no, if the facility is open, uh, if if that marina has fuel and it's open, they seem to be offering fuel. They're, they're, so far, we haven't seen any real problems there. Uh, I know everyone who is northbound or southbound at some point, well, northbound, will come through uh, Coin Jock Marina, and that's Lewis Davis there. They have a big fuel dock, and his is open for business. Everything is good. Come on, see you when you get here. So, so far, no big issues there that I see in the reports that we have. But there will be spotty areas. Where there's going to be problems, as you know, somewhere, somehow, some marina operator or fuel dock operator is uh, is not going to uh, uh, have uh, have fuel available for whatever reason. So it's important to check before you go. Uh, look at the waterway guide. Uh, list that we have or look at our fuel prices and then make that call. If it's really critical before you get to that point three hours later and expect to get fuel, make the call in advance and find out. Exactly. And that's really the best advice that we can offer to our members right now. And I've been getting calls and emails from loopers who are just looking for advice and information on what to do. And really, because the situation is changing so rapidly, the best recommendation we can give is that if you are going to choose to move the boat, before you drop the dock lines in the morning, know where you're going and check with them that morning. Um, if you know you're going to need fuel, make sure that it's going to be available because we just certainly don't want anyone to leave a safe harbor and wind up in trouble. So um, do your due diligence even more than you normally would to make sure your day is planned uh to the extent that you know where you're going and that the things you need are available. Um, and as we talk about that, Ed, we're sitting here in, in mid to late March, and it's, of course, uh, about time for the spring migration as boaters start to head uh, back north from points south where they've spent the winter. And, of course, we've got many uh, loopers or about-to-be loopers in Florida and, and that area who are trying to make really tough calls right now on whether or not to move the boat. Um, what are you hearing or what's your gut feeling on how much of an effect this is having on that spring migration? Well, my gut tells me <clears throat> that based on the uncertainty that certainly prevails right now is that it's, it's, it's not going to start off with a bang like it normally does. That's my gut is that the concept of sheltering in place, staying put, the uncertainty of whether or not you're going to have a location to land um, uh, when you normally get there. We, we take so many things for granted in this world of boating. Um, I mean, I'm one of those guys that doesn't call the marina that I'm going to uh, that night until the morning I leave, <laughs> simply right. because mm -hmm. that's part of the adventure of cruising for me, and I don't want to make a reservation that uh, I can't fulfill. Uh, with that uncertainty, I think it's going to really impact the spring migration. I talked with Henry Boyd at uh, uh, River Forest Manor in, in uh, Bellhaven the other day, and he said he hadn't seen a boat pass out there. He sees them coming and going all the time. He called to say, by the way, we're open. 
Dowry Creek is open. We're all open down here, but I'm not seeing any boats moving, and I normally do this time of year. So my sense is that it's going to slow things down, and people are either going to delay their their move north uh, or stay in place once they've got a place and just ride this situation out. That's my gut at this point. Yeah, I have to agree with you there, and, and particularly, um, you know, even just yesterday, yesterday at this time of day, my response might have been a little bit different. Um, but I think as more and more cities are issuing shelter-in-place orders, um, even though those may be far away from where boaters are, it just adds to the overall uncertainty. And I am seeing more boaters making the decision to shelter-in-place. Um, Tom Hale had a great post on the AGLCA forum yesterday, kind of walking through the things you should think about before you make that decision. And, and you know, the fact that this virus may take some time before you are symptomatic. Um, so as a transient boater, and many loopers are in an, an age group that is of particular risk from this virus, um, you know, we just need to consider all of the risks before making that decision. And, and I'm hearing from loopers who have been planning this adventure of a lifetime for years um, and are sitting in Florida ready to start and are having to make that gut-wrenching decision of whether to go or whether to put it off. And of course, the Illinois waterway closures make it even more challenging um, because you've got that to think about. So if people are starting uh, from Florida even later than usual, it adds an extra wrinkle into how you're gonna handle those closures. May still be doable. You know, if this all passes in the next few months, um, we had a big group of loopers whose plan to deal with the Illinois waterway closures was to kind of uh, pull into the Chicago area um, in September, October, you know, as late as is comfortable, and then wait there for them to reopen, ideally around November 1st. So starting right, later right. than usual so from Florida, yes. you know, starting a couple months late from Florida may fall very well into line with that plan that some had for the Illinois Waterway. But it's certainly an extra wrinkle, an extra challenge, more planning. And, you know, it breaks my heart to see loopers having to put this off, um, but some are. And that's completely understandable. Um, it's, it's certainly a tough call. And to put you on the spot, Ed, you know, you're a long-distance cruiser, and uh, the Waterway Guide flagship, Adonia, is your boat. Um, if you had to make the call, would you be moving her right now, or would you be sheltering in place if you were, you know, far from home and aboard the boat? Yeah, I would. Uh, well, you've been on her, so she's easy to shelter in place on. She's so comfortable. I, <laughs> Not a bad place to I would be. Probably, that's right. Uh, even at seventy-three years old, she, she's very comfortable. I, uh, I would probably stay put. Uh, I would not go out there and and try to, uh, unless I had a definite uh, location that I had reconnoitered and knew that I was welcome and that all the facilities were available. And of course, what would prompt me to move is if if the facilities where I am became uh, unavailable and I, and I had to move. Um, um, but you know, you mentioned what breaks your heart is, is some of the, what breaks my heart is that the spring rendezvous is not going to take place this year because of this. And we had planned to bring a in and have lots of fun and, and enjoy uh, the week with uh, uh, AGLCA and all the, uh, all the new loopers that were kicking off and coming through. And, and that's all uh, gone to rust for this uh, this particular spring, but for me, um, I would probably stay. I'm I'm in Urbana now, Virginia, so I'm going to stay there. I'm not, I may move down to Norfolk at some point, um, but I'm in no hurry to go anywhere until all of this blows over. For that very reason that we've been discussing all along, which is uncertainty. 
Yes. And we, we did uh, cancel the spring rendezvous. First time we've ever canceled the rendezvous in our history. Um, and that was a really difficult call, especially since it is still at this point about six weeks out. Um, you know, the bottom line is it was on the, the cusp of that 60 day, which gosh, that seems like forever ago now. Um, but the, the government mm -hmm. issued a 60 day, um, guideline or recommendation against groups of over, over 50 people. We certainly exceed that, um, in the best of circumstances, we could have waited till closer to the event to make that call. At the same time, we didn't want boaters feeling pressure to leave um, if things were still uncertain in an effort to get to the rendezvous in time. Um, so right. yeah, difficult decision, uh, sad for us, sad for members. There is no spring rendezvous this year. Um, the Houston Looper Lifestyle event, which uh, should have been about a week from today, has been postponed until October. So that's kind of the status of the events for AGLCA. Um, we are going to be working towards ramping up some um, virtual seminars, some webinars to present the content from the rendezvous that members will be missing. Um, we're working on that actually right now. We probably will start with sessions from the Looping 101 track simply because not as many boaters are going to be moving right now as typically would be. So the route sessions, we feel like that content is best served when people start to get on the move. So that's, that's kind of the plan for AGLCA at this point. Um, so, you know, we, like everybody else, are kind of looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. Any thoughts, Ed, on, you know, positive, productive steps boaters might be able to take while they're waiting for the dust to settle from all this? Oh, yes. Um, uh, get below, clean the engine room, uh, check, your, uh, check your hoses and your belts, uh, do your maintenance work uh, that you've been putting off all this time. Maybe now it's time to renovate that master... Uh, birthing compartment with some new sheets and blankets, uh, perhaps some fresh paint. Uh, study up on your navigation rules and guidelines. Uh, stay in touch. Uh, write letters to your families and friends. Uh, make sure that you uh, get to the local ABC store and put in your supply of gin and tonic. Spring is upon us. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, put your feet up on the aft deck. Um, and do your social distancing the way that we've always done it. Don't forget, boaters are social distancers. That's why we do what we do. We enjoy the peace and quiet, and the uh, you know, and the solitude, oftentimes, of being with friends and family and loved ones. That's what we're doing. I, I hope that everyone else who owns a boat does the same thing. Absolutely. Um, we will continue to keep everyone updated. Um, as we've said multiple times, this just is a continually changing situation. Um, so we will do subsequent podcasts if there is uh, useful and good information to share. Um, we also have our podcast email address. It's podcast at greatloop.org. Um, if you have questions about this, for me, for Ed, send them to us. Um, if they're, you know, a small amount of questions and we can just answer them for you by email, definitely we'll do so. If there's a large amount of questions, we'll see if we can get Ed to come back and we can answer those for you in another episode. Um, and we have always, of course, are looking for topic suggestions and whatever questions you have, we intend to, as we have a bulk of questions um, about a wide range of topics, to do a, a, a Q&A episode where that's all we do is answer the questions that have been submitted. So in the meantime, um, Ed Tillett, thank you for joining me today. Really appreciate you sharing this information and thanks to you and everyone at Waterway Guide for creating kind of the one-stop shop resource for the marina status during this crisis. Thank you, Kim. It was, it was great being with you as always. And um, 
uh, but encourage all AGLCA members and those who are listening to this to stay in touch with us by email, uh, log into waterwayguide.com. There's lots of ways in which you can get in touch. You're the eyes and ears of the boating community. We, we distribute it not only in the forum that comes out every morning at 5 o'clock from AGLCA, which is that's my first read in the morning over coffee, but also uh, Waterway Guide has plenty of places to insert information and share it with the boating community at large. So stay in touch with us out there. It's a great social community, and uh, we may not be able to spend a lot of time uh, face-to-face with each other over the weeks ahead, but we can certainly email and communicate with each other via um, by our computers and PCs and, and email addresses. So thanks for having me, Kim. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. Mm-hmm.